Welcome to The Consult Room, the podcast that celebrates pets and people. I'm Dr Paul Mangtolo. I'm a veterinary surgeon with a passion for the rich insights and stories about pets in the modern world that we live. Whether you're a pet owner, a pet professional, or you just love hearing about pets, then this is the space for you. Recently, it popped up on my timeline that I'd been at Blue Cross for a whole year. And firstly, I was like, what? <laughs> I've got no idea how that happened so quickly. And it's like anything, you know, when you go into a new job, uh, you know, it, it's quite chaotic at the start, isn't it? And all of a sudden you're like, wow, so I've been here quite a while. Um, but people were messaging me and asking, you know, how's it going? Wanting to know more about kind of Blue Cross, what I do there, what my plans are for the veterinary service. And, you know, I've posted quite a lot over the year about the work that, that's going on in the charity. And there's a lot of focus on this work, especially at the moment, kind of in this cost of living crisis. So in today's episode, I thought I'd share some of my experiences in my first year as the veterinary director at the Blue Cross. There's no guests, it's just me and you. And uh, so come on in and welcome to the consult room. So rewind back to last year. And when I took over the veterinary service at Blue Cross, we, you know, we were just kind of coming out of the pandemic, but we were kind of lunging from that crisis uh, into the war in Ukraine. And then from that kind of crisis into the next one, which is, you know, the the kind of the cost of living crisis. And it felt like that we'd never really recovered, uh, you know, from the pandemic. We'd never really gathered our thoughts, recouped. Um, and, you know, the, the, the couple of years previous to that had been like really traumatic. And in the veterinary industry, as in many other kind of industries especially people working on the front line it was really quite intense there had been so much change um change in the way that we worked you know especially in veterinary we moved from a very traditional model where you know you were working in teams you know animals came in to see you with clients and you you know had lots of contact with people to this really isolated remote service um where we'd had to do that you know to put public safety first but it really turned everything on its head and it was hard you know really really tough and all this change with you know implementation of technology new systems you know new ways of working it really did feel like almost death from a thousand cuts and you know i use that phrase to really kind of represent where you've just had this you know layer upon layer of systematic change and you never really adjust properly to it and it just creates this really sense of like kind of chronic uncertainty and this is felt you know even more so in kind of the charity sector I think when you've got this looming kind of cost of living crisis uh, on the horizon you know what does this mean for us in our work and I remember working in you know veterinary charity sector back in kind of 2007 2008 where in that crisis, you know, demand for our services in some of our hospitals went up by like 50%. Now, you're already pretty busy. You know, you, you're feeling like you're at capacity. Most most people are in most jobs. But then to have, you know, the prospect of that workload going up by 50% is, you know, it's quite hard to comprehend unless you're kind of in the thick of it, you know. And then it, it does sometimes just feel like um, it's relentless, 
but we kind of know that um you know from research that's been done over the last year that for, for, for kind of pet owners pet guardians that um ultimately one of the major things they're worried about is being able to afford you know veterinary care it, it comes up you know in one of the top things that that most people are concerned about so you know you know working in this sector that you your the need for your services is is kind of undeniable really and it it and for for, for outsiders you might think well that you know gives you you know that real sense of purpose but it it does put a huge amount of pressure on you know the vets and nurses working on the front line and the support teams it puts a lot of pressure on the veterinary leaders that are kind of looking at you know how do i balance the books on this i've got more people that are going to be coming in and veterinary is a very costly service hugely you know costly and um, there's going to be more people needing the service and yet there is this risk that we're going to have less money so it is a, a real real kind of uncertain time um and I remember rewinding back to when I joined Blue Cross and on top of this uncertainty was um, the fact that there'd been a lot of um, problems with the workforce. It was being described as basically a sector workforce crisis. Uh, after Brexit, many of our European vets, um, you know, kind of returned home. And I remember seeing a, s- a statistic saying that I think up to like 50 percent of new registrations in the veterinary uh you know industry were for, you know were from vets from across europe so the prospect of losing um a proportion of these was a really difficult one to kind of consider but also actually what happened in the pandemic was lots of people you know kind of dropped out of the profession um as as with many other professions people started rethinking their careers um a lot of people you know were really struggling from things like burnout and 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 on top of this workforce crisis where there's a real shortage of people there's also this narrative going on in the veterinary sector where things like you know burnout dropout you know mental health crisis the rise in suicide all these things are also playing out in you know all the sector press which is has a real challenge on recruitment and retention so we were in this situation where demand for services looks like it's going to go up. Uh, we've got less people working in the profession. Um, you know, your talent pool of recruitment is a lot smaller. And as a result of that, you know, it was really challenging. You know, there was lots of vacancies. Uh, there was unstable leadership teams with lots of key roles in the leadership teams proving quite difficult to recruit. And that wasn't specific to Blue Cross or you know the veterinary charity sector that was across the board in the whole veterinary sector so it was a really difficult kind of um, situation and position to, to think about on top of that we had ambitions to expand you know affordable vet care now as with you know other charities you're looking at the the kind of the what's coming on the horizon and you know that the call and demand for your services is going to go up. So it has to be within your plans and your strategies to say, well, how how can I expand? How can I do more for the money we've got? But, you know, as I've said before, you know, running a veterinary service is really expensive. It's, you know, actually 
the most expensive part of of the charity and you know any charity that runs very services will be testament to this you know the the cost of um staffing the cost of you know drugs equipment you know all the rates in the hospitals all the equipment and just you know the costs are huge so you know the challenge on the horizon was huge and um also the other thing that was quite interesting and but also a little bit scary was you know blue cross doesn't just do veterinary services there's lots of different things going on you know we've got veterinary of course but there's also rehoming behavior you know pet pet loss support um a, a, you know national pet food bank initiative had just started there was support for the pets in ukraine so there's so many ways uh, to help people but you know and on a good day that's you know that's fantastic it's really exciting to be working at the front of so many really exciting valuable services but you know when you think about it you know if i say on a bad day it it does feel a little bit chaotic there's so much going on and everybody needs that help and everybody needs that money so um it's very difficult to know where to prioritize but you know it it, it was fantastic response from blue cross in the pandemic and and then what ensued and lots of great schemes and initiatives had started quite recently and i've mentioned pet food banks in ukraine as already but there was a great uh, scheme that we started by creating a call hub uh, as well. And, and what we found was that demand for the phones into the veterinary hospitals was so high that a lot of those calls were going unanswered. So um, a kickstart project was kicked off in uh, Manchester, which was fantastic. And it was taking young people um, from, um, you know, kind of deprived backgrounds and really giving them their first job and training them up to answer those calls, those, you know, thousands of calls that were coming into the uh, into the veterinary hospitals uh, from the centralized call hub and that had been started as well and again such a fantastic project so great but also it was new and it needed a lot of work and you know so all these things were kind of a melting pot of uh, of projects so what was my plan well the first phase i think was to really focus on the people and you know, anybody that's worked in a leadership role um, knows that the people are really the heart of what you do. You know, they're the heart of any organisation. And um, without them, you know, plans just aren't worth the paper that they're written on. Um, you can do all the strategy, you can do all the planning that you want. But ultimately, you need people to, to do the work. Um, you need to people to enact change. Um, and you need people to really, you know, be motivated and engaged with what you do uh, to to deliver. So that was my first focus is to really understand. And it's hard, you know, when you come in as a leader because you don't know the teams. You don't have any, you know, kind of history to to hang any kind of uh, plans on. You, you don't know people's capabilities and people's motivations. Uh, you don't know people's problems. So. You know, it was really important for me to listen uh, and to really try and understand where the veterinary teams were. And as I said, I was really, you know, uh, aware of what was going on in the wider sector and wider society. Um, so there was no doubt that there was, you know, going to be challenges with individuals, with teams, with how people were feeling. But, you know, needed to, to understand it first and foremost. And I started a series of back to the floor days, um, which really were me 
you know, putting on some scrubs, putting on, you know, a cleaning outfit, whatever, and really uh, working alongside the team as part of the team. And the purpose of this was, to, you know, to get insights uh, into how the veterinary service works, but more importantly, to get insight in how the teams worked and how people in the teams felt about things that happened, the changes that have been implemented over the last couple of years, and to really inform me, you know, what the impact of any future decisions might be. And I've done to date probably most of the most of the roles um, in the service. I've I've uh, spent a day as a vet, obviously, but I always find that you know spending a day as a vet is quite easy. You put your scrubs on, you go in the consult room, you know, you might interact with quite a lot of clients and the immediate team around you, but I don't feel that it really gives me a sense of what's going on in, in the in the wider hospital. So I did that. I did uh, um, a few days as a nurse. I've got to say, vets trying to be nurses is um, is quite hilarious. Um, and I wasn't very effective, got to be honest. I think nurses do a fantastic job, but they know where everything is. <laughs> They're hugely efficient. Um, and, you know, in a new hospital where you don't know any of the equipment is, you don't even know where the you know, paper towel is to, to clean the tables. You are pretty useless. And I remember being, it was a really, um, a, an emergency came in when I was in one of the hospitals and I was working in the prep room and I was, you know, trying to be a nurse and it was a dog with a huge big swelling on its neck. And I was pretty useless. I didn't really uh, know where anything was. So I got quickly demoted to a vet and um, ended up having to do the surgery. So that was my first experience of a nurse. Um, but yeah, so, and I've done, you know, uh, a shift on the phones and a few shift on the phones to understand um, how booking system works and some of the challenges that the clients are having in, in trying to navigate through our processes and, and our systems. Um, I recently just did a shift as a hospital cleaner which was really insightful. Um, but anyway, I'm going to do, I think I'm probably going to share some of these experiences um, of these back to the floor days uh, in a bit more detail because people do actually keep asking me about them and they are super insightful. And anybody that work in the leadership role, I would really, really recommend that you do them because they're, they're great. But, you know, this really, this insight that I was getting from the, the service and the people, it really made me want to create some structure and to really kind of get everybody working on the right things. Uh, because what I was finding was because of the chaos of the pandemic um, and a lot more people kind of working remotely, we ended up with all these different kind of working groups set up and all these different work streams. And it just felt a little bit chaotic. And just coming in um, with fresh eyes as an observer, I was able to see that, oh, hang on a minute, they were talking about that in that meeting and, oh, they were doing something similar over there. So I realised there was a lot of duplicated effort. So my plan was to, you know, create some structure, get people working on the right things, but really getting people to stay in their lanes. And that was like one of my key priorities. And I like that phrase, stay in your lane, uh, because it means that you're really getting the people with the right expertise, knowledge and skills to work effectively on things. So, you know, I, I love that phrase and I'm going to keep using it, I think, because um, it really describes what I want, want people to do. Um, but, but the other thing that I thought was really important and part of my plan was to create some stability. This episode is sponsored by Superdog from Vitabiotics, the UK's number one vitamin company. 
As a vet, I would always encourage a healthy, balanced diet for your dog. But like us, all dogs are different. So giving a vitamin supplement can act as an insurance policy to make sure you're meeting your dog's nutritional needs. Superdog's chewable, tasty braised beef tablets are packed with over 21 nutrients, expertly formulated for your special companion, including linseed oil to help maintain a glossy coat, greenlit muscle to maintain joint health, and zinc and selenium to provide immune support. In a recent study, Superdog was recommended by 96% of dog owners. Dogs absolutely love them. I've personally seen improvements in many, many dogs whose owners have given Superdog vitamins for just a few weeks. Superdog is available now at Amazon, Ocado, Paws, Superdrug and Vitabiotics.com. There was so much uncertainty and there'd been so much uh, change over the last few years. I wanted to really limit that change, um, especially in my first year. And it's really hard as a leader to come in and not want to change because you see things, you think, oh, you know, that's a that's a quick win. Oh yeah, we could do, you know, that could be quite easy. But, you know, going back to that phrase, death by a thousand cuts, I think it's really important to just slow down a little bit and to really look at the changes that had been made over the over the you know the last couple of years we got away with a lot in the pandemic in terms of changes and you know for for some of us it was great because we could see that we could put in new technologies which would normally take you know a couple of years and we just you know put in new systems in like weeks and it was great but there was an impact on that there is an aftermath from having that much change in in, in that such a short space of time so i really wanted to limit that and create a bit of stability and the other thing that was, um, you know, a, a truth and a reality is we lost a lot of efficiencies in uh, throughout the pandemic. You know, we'd spent, you know, years and years and years working in a certain way. And all of a sudden we had to um, make things incredibly inefficient because of social distancing. And I think a lot of skills got lost um, in, in how to run things you know, really efficiently. So it felt like we needed to to bring some of that, you know, efficiency back and really optimize veterinary services. And then kind of lay those foundations that we might want to use to start building up the service again. So, you know, again, coming back to that people thing, um, it was really clear that well-being, engagement, morale were gonna be those really key people foundations. And again, you know, getting your people in in the right place is is an absolute kind of key thing for me as a leader. Um, and but not but also understanding what that right place is, because, as I said before, there's so much going on in the wider sector. The background of it is a really, really kind of desolate picture. And when we're being bombarded with these negative messages about how everybody's burnt out, how everybody's fed up, how you know everybody's having a mental health crisis and how suicide rates have gone up. It's really difficult to, to get people motivated and to enjoy the work that they're doing. But I got to the point where I was like, actually, we, we can't control this narrative, you know, and I can't control what's happening in wider society. So all we can do is make the workplace as kind of enjoyable as possible so that when people come to work, it does feel like a good place to work. You can't control 
what happens on social media when somebody leaves work or what comes on the news. But actually, can we, you know, get people home on time? Can we get people to have their breaks on time, you know, despite it being really, really busy? Can we create a safe space where people can speak up and people can have an opportunity to talk about how they want to work. Yes, we can probably do all those things. So let's focus on what we can do. So that was, a, you know, one of the, the focuses. But then what I wanted to also do is look a little bit to the future, because, as I said before, Blue Cross is really rich and diverse charity with so much going on. I really wanted to make sure that veterinary services could add value um, to those other services. So, you know, I had to visit the rehoming centres to really understand how they work, you know, visiting, you know, a lot of the different pet food banks, really understood our behavioural and education and pet loss services as well. So it was a really big discovery phase for me to really understand how all that worked. So where are we now? Well, it's been really good, actually, for me to to stop and reflect because, you know, um, when you head down in the job, you've got your to-do list, haven't you? And you're just cracking on. Uh, and sometimes that to-do list doesn't go down and, you know, it, it expands. Um, but it's sometimes good just to stop and say, what what have we done in the last year? What have we achieved? And, you know, it's been really good to think about a lot, all the work that's been put in, particularly around people. There's been such a strong focus on people and culture in the last year. I really think we've driven a culture of well-being, and as a result of that, we have filled a lot of vacant positions. We've got, um, obviously, there's always pockets and roles that are quite difficult to recruit. But I think we've also attracted a lot of people from other parts of the veterinary sector because it is tough for everybody out there. But I think really, you know, we, we've invested a lot of time, resources uh, and money in in our teams. Um what else have we done? Well, we started a pilot actually quite recently where our vets can go and uh, provide care to pets in rehoming centres. Now, this is one of my strategies. I really want to develop roles in the veterinary service that are kind of rich and diverse and people can get to go experience uh, other facets of kind of animal health and welfare because veterinary services and veterinary care is just is one piece of, of, of a puzzle for you know what what pets and animals need generally and blue cross has got such a, a diverse set of services that it just feels like the right thing to do that you know where possible you know our veterinary teams can add value to other areas of the charity and that's going really, really well. I'm actually going to go and do a day myself, which I'm really excited about. Um, I don't have a huge experience in shelter medicine, but it's something that I definitely want to, to do more of. We've also set up a national veterinary care fund, uh, and that's really to help people who are struggling to pay their vet bills. Um, you know, our, we haven't got hospitals all over the UK, but actually setting up a fund like that can really help us, you know, for people in all those far-flung parts of, of the UK that are really struggling. And that's something that I'm definitely going to be developing. So, you know, watch this space on that. But I guess one of the biggest achievements is, um, is creating these really key working groups and i said before about you know people staying in the lane and and getting the people with the right skills and expertise and focus and you know we've, we've created a real kind of network of these uh in in the veterinary teams 
we've created three really strong work streams. Um, the first one is um, with our veterinary operations team, and they're really focusing on optimizing the current service, you know, um, making us leaner, helping us to work smarter, not harder, that's really important, always smarter, and making sure that we can help as many pets as we can. Uh, so it's really focusing on efficiency and getting as most bang for our buck as we possibly can, which is really, really important, um, especially in the current financial uh, challenges. We've got um, another group, which is our what we call the veterinary strategy group, who are looking at new veterinary service models, new systems, new technologies. Um, all this stuff is evolving at such an alarming pace, and it's really difficult to not get left behind. So, you know, for example, they're looking at, you know, can we deliver more care to people virtually, for example? And I know many people um, coming out of the pandemic have adopted virtual technology and GPs are a really great example of that. It's dead easy to get, a, you know, a doctor's appointment online, much easier than it was face to face now. Um, but, you know, the veterinary industry is a lot slower to to adapt to things like that. But, you know, it does present as a great opportunity. Um, and then the third working group is our veterinary standards team, and they're really focusing on this concept of cost-conscious, welfare-focused veterinary medicine, um, and really, you know, putting our foot in the ground with that charity expertise, but um, you know, still whilst ensuring that quality. So these working groups are fantastic because we've got representatives from across the teams, um, a mix of like frontline team, you know, leaders, business partners. And they're all coming together regularly to really look at some of the problems that we're facing and looking at how we solve them. Because I really honestly do believe that the, the solutions for the problems that we're facing will come from everybody. They'll, you know, they will come from the teams on the ground. They'll come from the leadership teams, our ex experts in finance and um, IS systems and, and HR. It is going to be a real collaborative effort. And in creating these spaces where people can come together and, you know, share their expertise, I think is 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 going to be a really strong foundation for what we need to do in the future. So where are we going? I mean, we've done a huge amount of work already, but I think it's important that we do really continue that culture work uh, and that investment in our people and just making sure that Blue Cross is a really great place to work. Um, I think that we definitely need to, you know, consolidate that foundation that we're making, not just in our people, but in our service making us as efficient and optimized as possible so that we can help as many you know people and pets with the resources that we have and then you know we will be looking to expand we will be looking at how our veterinary care funds can help more people across the uk how our you know veterinary services can collaborate more with other parts of the charity and potentially other charities as well um, and how we can use things like technology and new systems to make us more efficient, but also to to expand our service. So there's lots to do, um, but I'm feeling hugely positive about um, the future. Blue Cross is a, it's a fantastic charity. It's a great place to work. And I'm really excited to see what we can do. So thanks for tuning in today. Um, I really appreciate your support. 
on this podcast. To support these great conversations, you can check out my blogs and our brand new YouTube channel. Just search for The Consult Room. And of course, on social media, where I am Dr. Paul Levette. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to The Consult Room. I really hope you've enjoyed today's show. Please do subscribe, follow or share this podcast. I'd love to hear your feedback. If you want to get in touch or collaborate, then do reach out to us at theconsultroom.co.uk or connect with me on social media as Dr. Paul the Vet or Dr. Paul Mantelope.